start out a little bit and talk about your son and how he ended up joining uh, the military and his childhood a little bit. So could, could we start there? We can start with his childhood. Okay. Basically, I've been a single parent since 2011. Raised my six kids all on my own. I've been essentially a, a father and a mother at the same time since 2011. My son, Brandon, is one of my six kids, obviously. He was always very active. When he was three years old, my ex-husband and I put him in soccer. And my other son as well, they joined soccer. They were, I guess, three and four. And uh, they loved it. They loved it ever since soccer was like the number one uh, besides other, you know, activities that my son would, that he joined in the past years after soccer, he, besides soccer, I mean, he, he, he enjoyed running. He loved running, playing the guitar. He didn't know how to play the guitar. We had a little tiny guitar and he, he enjoyed music. He loved dancing with me. We all love music here in this house. And like I said, other activity that my son loved so much was water. He loved swimming so much when he was when he was growing up. Like I would say like three or four years ago, he started surfing with one of his friends. And that's another activity that kept him busy. Yeah. And as he was growing, he also joined MMA, which is kickboxing. Yeah, he loved it. Like I said, my son had always been has always been very, very active. It's fast how time went by. And, you know, being a single parent, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy. It's uh, a lot, you know, to to look out for, you know, for their own good and and health. And, 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 you know, when you love your kids, you know, you want to be there. You want to be there 100% no matter what. When he joined high school, when he started going to high school, in the first year, first years, he didn't tell me anything about Marines or anything like that or nothing related to military. He, he always wanted to, to be a, a, a fire, a fire, um, firefighter. I guess he changed his mind. He would sometimes mention policemen or something else, but yes, he wanted to, to be a professional. MMA, you know, a fighter. He was an MMA for at least, I would say a good eight years, seven to eight years. But then the, the past two years before he graduated is when he started mentioning to me that, the, yes, that, that some sergeants had gone there to, the, to their school and, and spoke to them and, and, and talking to them about, you know, joining the military and I said, no, you know, I don't, I don't want you to do that. I was always against that. And uh, then the following year came and I guess uh, he kept talking about that again. But then at the same time, no, because that was not allowed here in the house. I told him, you know, I don't want you to talk about military because just the way I've been raising you guys, I can always help you guys out, you know, to do any career or even a short career, whatever you want to do, I'm here to support you, you know, we're going to be okay, but I don't want you going there. And, and that, this is essentially how, you know, everything started. And then after he graduated from, uh, 
Newbury Park High School here in Thousand Oaks. He kept mentioning it to me here and there, but I never thought, you know, that he would get serious about it. I did, we did have spoke about him, you know, going to college, but I guess, you know, he already had his mindset, you know, to, to do, to go and serve, you know, to the military. He surprised me one day. I was at work and he sent me a message and he said, mom, guess what? Oh no. What? <laughs> so he sends me, he sends me a picture and he sends me what is, he had already passed. He already passed all the requirements and, and a test that he had taken. And I felt, I felt like my whole blood went from my head all the way down to my toes. Like, oh no, you know, like I said to myself, I, yeah, you know, I, I didn't want my son to do this, you know, like, but then I said, I said, well, congratulations, you know, but I did tell him, I told him, I thought, you know, we had talked that you wanted to go to college, you know, he says, well, I didn't want to tell you, but I wanted to surprise you. So what do you do, you know, when, when, when your kids come running to, to you, you know, as a parent, you want to listen to them, right? You want to, mm-hmm. you, you want to have your ear there and you want to be there for them. And me being a single parent, you know, a father and a mother in the, in a sa- at the same time, I did what any parent would do, you know, just sit and listen to him when I came home and, and he was happy. He was very excited to join the Marines because he had passed, you know, every single requirement plus the test that they give you there. Anyways, this is the story. And then in 2018, they started, you know, like he would go back and forth here in Thousand Oaks and practice and do the activities and, 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 and whatever schooling they have to do, you know, before, because there is a certain way to speak when you, when you get there and, you know, you want to be trained for that. So I was just supporting my son. I couldn't give my son my back, even though I did not want him to go or join the, the Marines or any military base that he wanted to go to. So I was there for my son. I was there for my son. And what else can I tell you? You know, he went, he passed, you know, his boot camp. He graduated. We were all very happy for him. He was very happy. We took pictures. There's pictures that that I see that popped up that I don't know how many people out there saw already. Hopefully lots, lots of people saw his pictures, how happy he was to join the Marines and how happy he was the date of his boot graduation. It was, we were all so very proud of him. But like I'm telling you at the same time, I was like, you know, like, I, I really didn't want you to do this, you know, but on the other hand, you know, I do want to support my kids. Well, right. And I think as a mother that, you know, that that's, you really don't have any other choice, but to be supportive. Right. I mean, that's what you do as a mom. Exactly. Yeah. So he joined the Marines. He was for two and a half years in Miramar. He was very happy, very excited. 
we were we're not too far away just i would say three hours away and he would come he would come and visit every every week i would say every week he would be here with us visiting and it, it was a joy for me it was like wow you know like my I'm, I'm very proud of you and you're not too far away from us you know his girlfriend lives around here too in town so we were all very happy for him and each time he would say mom i'm gonna escalate i'm gonna do this and this and i'm gonna get here because i really love it i'm, I'm very passionate about what i'm doing so here he goes he gets to the the second level is it the second level as a cpl and and then they choose him to i don't know if it's a promotion i don't know if it's you know uh mandatory they said mom they they're gonna send me to Bahrain. i said well what the hell is Bahrain? where how you know like i haven't heard i mean sounds like the middle east mm -hmm. says, yep it's the middle east it sure is this was around i would say january the beginning of january and I, I, I didn't like that. I told them, well, the Middle East is not safe to begin with. You know, this is what happens here and that and that, you know, like me outside, you know, and time goes by, you know, we celebrated his birthday on January as well. We had so many beautiful times, you know, within this year also, he was very excited. I keep, I'm going to keep repeating this, that he was very excited. He was very motivated. My son loved life. He had plans of coming back and getting married with his love of his life, which is this young lady that is sitting right next to me. He left very excited to Bahrain. He was here. He said, mom, I'm going to come and stay here for a few days before I leave to Bahrain. I said, yeah, sure. Of course. You know, like, I mean, this is your house, you know, let's spend time together. My birthday came, Mother's Day came around the same time, close to that time. We went out to breakfast, we took pictures, family pictures. My family came over. We had a few, you know, barbecues out here within the time that he was here. He loved carne asada, you know? So you would see Maria out on my balcony grilling carne asada for my handsome, my beautiful son, almost every weekend. That was one of his favorite dishes and burritos. But he was full of life. He was very excited. He was passionate, passionate about he, what, you know, what, he, what, what, what was his next level going to be. But I told him, I asked him while he was here because we, I mean, I, I'm a very positive person. I'm very optimistic, but what happened a year ago? We all know what happened a year ago or so. Vanessa Guillen, right? I sat with him and I told him, I need to know who you're going to be with. And 
where's exactly this place? And so he showed me, we sat and we talked. And I said, you know what, just for, for safety purpose, I want names. I want to know who's going to receive you over there. I want to know who you're going to be. So he says, mom, I don't know the people. I want to, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to ask you a couple questions. What, um, do you, what were you concerned about? I know you, you just mentioned Vanessa Gannon. I'm very familiar with the story. What were you like in your, in your mind, what were you brainstorming that you thought that could potentially happen that his, he just wouldn't be safe over there? Or what, what well, were your because concerns? You see all these, all these brutalities that, that, that happen inside bases, you know, you, you want to be alert. In Mexico, we say you have to have an eagle eye. Okay? And, okay. and, and you know, I'm, I'm a mother that when it comes to my kids, I'm sorry to say the word, but I do turn into a bitch if anything would happen to them. Yeah, okay? absolutely. You absolutely should turn into a bitch. I, I turn like into a pit bull because I'm, I raised these kids almost like more than half of their life on my own. This is a, a huge chunk of me that I lost. This You're is gonna make me cry now. <laughs> a big loss. This is a huge chunk. This is yeah. part of me. So this was not supposed to happen. My son was full of dreams. He was full of life. He had goals and it's not okay. And I am not going to allow what happened to other innocents. My son was a victim. He was a victim of this brutality that happened to him. Okay, let's go into, I'm so sorry. Like I just, I'm just sending you as much love right now as I can through the microphone, but I wanted to focus on, because I want to make sure we get the case details out there. Can you talk about what ended up happening with your son? Well, like I said, we, I'm going to give you just a little bit of uh, uh, words of what him and I spoke here, because we were talking about the Guillen case, correct? So I told them, Brendan, this is what happened. And you and I know what happened to this young lady. He said, mom, you've always been very optimistic. And so have I, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you names of, I'm going to try to get the name of the, 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 the person that is going to receive me if I can. I got a few names because they were given to me by my son before he left. But what happens the very first day that he gets there? The first thing that we know is that my son is unwelcome. He is unwelcome by the person that received him. The second thing is that it seems like he was the, there wasn't that many Hispanics there. Of course, you're there. You're, you're, you're the new student, right? You're the new, the new little guy there, the new, the new person there, right? Mm-hmm. This person that, that received my son did not welcome him. The minute that I heard that, 
I told him to keep a, a good eye because we had already had this conversation here before he left. I never thought that he was not going to be welcomed. I told him, is there any way that you can come back? He says, mom, you know what? I'm just here to do my project. And he smiled, you know, like, you know, like, I don't care. He said, I don't care. I'm here to do my project. It's going to be a year and a half to two years. I think it's, I think it was for two years that he was there. So he was sent there for two years. Yeah, this person will, uh, would not show him around or if he did, you know, my son didn't tell me much about him. But I asked oh. for something. I asked for something. I wanted to know what this individual looked like. Well, wait, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. So, okay. So my understanding is, is, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I was in the army, so I was not in the Marine Corps, but so I'm on, what I'm understanding from you is, is that normally there's a, a soldier that is assigned to an in, a new incoming soldier. I'm saying yes. soldier, but of course I mean Marine in this case. So, and then that person is like intakes them and helps get them through in processing into the base and helps them get settled and puts them, gets them in their barracks room and shows them around. Is, is that what this person was to your son? I believe so. I believe so. But uh, apparently these guys sort of play around with him on wearing and not wearing the uniform that he had to wear that he ironed the night before to be presentable to the base for the first day like he played around with him don't wear it like a dress uniform right yeah because... exactly okay don't wear it it's okay you know you don't you don't have to wear it and this and that you know and then at the end you were supposed to wear it you know and shit like that okay that's messing around I don't care you know like you said I don't care you know I'm just here to do my project and that's it the other thing is my son told us when he was there a few days before, I mean, after he got there, a sergeant from Miramar arrived there as well, a few days. Okay, my son was always in communication with us. That individual went ahead and asked my son to get rid of his service, phone service. And what? I said, why? Exactly. I said, Why? He says, maybe I guess so I don't have to pay much. And he's, he's going to give me a puck. Wi-Fi puck. Oh, I was going to say, what's a puck? I thought maybe it was one of those like disposable phones or something. No, no, we, we, I've been doing my research and I, I don't know much, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually very busy, you know, doing so many things, but you can record. They, they had my son on spy. Oh, so you, you, they you were use spying it as a recording and my son, device. exactly, exactly, exactly. Thank God That's I, we told them. Nuts. That's nuts. Exactly. We told my son, do not get rid of your, do not get rid of your service because we want to be able to get in contact with you back and forth. Okay. Well, wait, I just want to clarify on his or on his phone that you guys had, did you guys have an international plan on it? Or was he able, was he able to use his phone in Baran to call you back in the States? I would talk to him through Facebook and my, my other kids had like, like a group chat or something like that. I'm telling you, I'm a father and a mother here at home. And I always want to hear, even if I'm at work, I want to hear the news. My my, my phone was not working that well to join the group 100%, but my sons will tell me, you know, my kids will tell me, you know, well, this is how it is, you know, and this is how, what's going on and this and that. And I said, I don't, I don't like that. 
you know, I don't like the fact, you know, that, 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 that they want him, that they, this individual wants my son to, you know, how, how are we going to get a hold of him? You know, anyways, time went by and they come to my door before 6 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday morning. And they give me the bad news that I did not want to believe. And it came to my head right away. Aha. Uh -huh. They set him up. It came up to my head, the, you know, the little device that this individual had given my son and the fact that the other guy unwelcomed my son, didn't like my son at all. Because he told us he didn't like me. He doesn't like me. And, but he said, you know what? I don't care. My son was very optimistic. He was there to do his project, to work for two years and come back. That's all. I'm not going to stay there for life. The other thing is the day before this happened, my son was talking to one of my siblings, to one of my other kids, very late here in California, very early morning and by rain. He was very happy. He was very happy. He was talking to one of my other kids. and. I'm sorry, I'm getting so emotional, but I'm no, not going no. to let, let this beat me because you know what? I'm stronger. I'm stronger than my emotions. And I'm going to yeah. keep strong. I'm going to keep I, strong because my son is justice. He deserves justice. And for more that the Marine Corps try to cover this homicide that these sergeants have done, I'm not going to allow that. I am not going to allow that. My son, on, on the day that I'm telling you that he was talking to my son, to one of my other kids, he had gone to a gathering. He had gone to a, a gathering. There was a lady involved from the UK, okay? There was a sergeant there, okay, that semi-hanged around with him in between commas, sort of. He was the only one that sort of welcomed him and my son felt comfortable with him. We know that this individual, this sergeant, with all my respect, I have a lot of respect for the gay community. This, this sergeant is from the community, you know, he's gay and I don't have any, we, I tell my kids, you know, that we're all, we're all equal, you know, we're everybody, any, anyone can choose to be whatever you want to be correct and be happy. They had my, my son, you know, hanged around with him. But then I don't know if, if this individual was like welcoming him in a bad way or in a good way. That I don't know. Because in two weeks that my son was there, I mean, you cannot make friends just with anyone just like that. Right? So... I always told my son to, to just to keep an eye and, and, you know, he was happy. He says, no, you know what? We're good. We're good. So there was, there was other people there. There was, all, there, there was numerous of other, 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 other people there. They are from the gay community. I'm telling you. And that's all I know that my son was with that individual, that individual's friends. There was a girl there. She is from the UK. I know that he told us. And my son, his last picture that he has on his Instagram, he's smiling. He's very happy. Looks like he went to his balcony and took this, 
this picture. Why? Uh, you know why? Because this individual, I'm telling you, this individual that he was with, the sergeant that he was with, the one that welcomed him, sort of in between commas, has that picture. Uh, uh, he has uh, a picture on his okay. wall. On his wall where? On his Instagram wall. In his apartment. In his oh, apartment. His apartment yes, wall. In his apartment. Exactly. Oh, that's weird. Okay. So, yeah. Wait, I just want to stop you for a second. I want to recap real quick. So for our, our audience, our, our listeners, because I want to take a look at this timeline again. So what you're saying is, is he was, he went to a party that night, the night that he supposedly this happened, right? So he went to a party and yes. he, but he talked to your family, someone in your family prior to the party. So, you know, there was like a time period where he after, went to this party. After the party, he, he came home. Someone brought him home. Okay. He didn't get a, a car. Okay. He had just gotten there to buy rain. That makes sense that he wouldn't have a car there. He probably wasn't even going to ever get one because it's a pain in the butt to have a car there. Exactly. But- and my son, you know, we already know that my son, he, he doesn't like drinking, but occasionally he would, you know, like one or two. Okay. I'm pretty sure one of them brought him home. Right. Later, he talks to my son. He was texting me too. We were talking about food, you know. Because he loves, he loves obviously Mexican food. And that's, that's mostly what I cook here at home. And he was telling me, mom, you should, you should leave me some of your recipes, you know, so that I can make them back here and this and that. Anyways, so he was very happy texting. He was, he was talking to my son. This does not add with my son's life, you know? They come and they knock my door and they tell me on a Sunday morning that they found my son dead in his closet. Are you kidding me? So my son was being spied. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an ignorant and I'm not stupid. No, not at all. No. And, 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 and in Mexico, we say, you know what? I don't care who laughs. I'm not going to chew it. And I'm not going to swallow their shit that they came and said to me here and CIS. I am not going to allow them to hide this homicide. These individuals are above my son. These are sergeants that went inside his barracks and took my son's life. God forbid. What did NCS tell you when they called you, when they first made contact with they you? They did not call me. They didn't bother to call me or anything. The, there was two sergeants that came here that are probably just devoted, you know, when, when something happens. Like yeah, they're, the, they're on when, standby. When, when someone on, is being killed inside their base. Yes, they're on standby in case it happens and they're trained to like come talk to the family. Yeah, they don't, yes. they don't know your son at all. They're just yes. sort of like the I messengers. I asked a lot of questions. I asked a lot of questions and they're taught to be with their mouth shut. Nothing. Exactly. They didn't say anything. They, could, they couldn't say anything. Nothing. Not a word. We don't well, know. And sometimes they don't even tell those guys anything so that they can't tell you. Like they don't even tell them like the whole story. You know, they don't tell them all the details. They just tell them they need to notify you. Exactly. But you know what? 
the other thing is that when my son, my son's body was brought to Delaware and Dover, they called us and they, before they said that they would do an autopsy there, which they did. And they said that they were going to do it regardless whether if it was under my consent or not. And I guess this is what they do, you know? But when the body was sent to me here, as was a, a week later, a week later, I went ahead. I went ahead. They said, you know what? You don't have to worry about an autopsy or anything like that. He's, he's, he's already been embalmed and this and that. I said, really? Okay. So of course, and I'm going to say it again. I mean, I'm not a piece of ignorant shit, you know? God gave me a brain for a reason. God gave me a brain for a reason. And my parents always told me, God gives you a brain for a reason to use your common sense and not to be stupid in life. So I went and I prepared right away. Second autopsy. Come on. I need to know. So we tried to open the coffin and my son is mummified from head to toe. What? You see my son's body. Exactly. My son was mummified. He was, it took my second doctor, the autopsy uh, doctor here, almost three hours to, to open, you know, to, so that we could see his body. Before that, before that, before, before we opened the coffin here in the mortuary that I had, you know, ready for my son, they, they, they called right away and they said, they told us, they, they didn't tell me, they didn't tell my family. They told the lady that was in charge of the mortuary to come and tell us that they did not suggest it for us to see my son. They, they, they did not suggest it for me or my family to see my son because it could be like in a condition that it's not like, you know, okay for us to see. And they suggested it and suggested it and suggested it like a few, a few hours, I would say. Okay. And I said, so who the fuck am I crying for then? I want to know who the hell I'm crying for. Exactly. Right. So. We need to open this, 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 this coffin and we need to see who we are crying for. Yes, they gave us a lot of details and this and that. And they're telling me that it's Brendan Javier Alvarez. So I'm just going to go and bury this body and then I'm not going to see who he is, who this body belongs to. Of course, I had a, a mummify my son regardless of how he looked. We wanted to identify the body. So that's another big red flag, I call it there. Why were they pleading us not to see the body? Okay, I want to clarify. So they did an autopsy on your son and they gave you the report and then you requested a... You no, they paid did not for give a, me the report right away. We just got the report not long ago. And then you, you didn't... you And you were smart, so you paid for your own autopsy exactly. to be done right exactly i used a little bit of money that i had saved 
if anything would come up, you know, maybe lose my job or maybe I would pass away, you know? What was the difference in the two reports? The, the, the big difference is that here he has a big bruise on the chest. He was, he was lynched. My son was, I don't know how to call it. He was attacked on his, on his chest. He, has, he had a huge, huge bruise. So my son, on this autopsy, it shows that my son was choked to death. Before, before these bastards, these rats, these son of a bitches went and hung my son up inside his closet. And the documents that we received from Dover, we read the, 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 the legging, right? Is that how it's called? The ligature. No bruising, nothing. No bruising, no nothing. Just the ligature. My son also had a very swollen foot. I don't remember if it was the left or the right. Other thing, my son's nails were scraped. Look at your little square on your nail before the end of the nail, you know? The little square where your nail is attached to your skin. My son's nail was scraped halfway. All of them were. What are we trying to hide here, Delaware? Dover? What are we trying to hide from my son? Some DNA that he probably had on his nails, fingernails, from these bastards that he tried maybe, you know, defending himself? Or even his own, even his own, you know, skin that was there. And his nails trying to be also maybe trying to take their, 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 whatever they, it's not whatever. It's, I already saw how they trained them to choke people in the military. My son was choked that way. It's, it shows that it was very soft. Okay. The item that, or the object that choked my son. Okay. Okay, so your first autopsy is basically let her know that the first autopsy. Here is my daughter. Yes, she's gonna she's gonna talk a little bit. Okay. Please, I want to hear. I would love to hear from you. I, I just want to clarify um, one thing. So our first autopsy report that is not initially ours. It was AFNI's, and this is Vivian, by the way. That's the Armed Forces Medical Examiner had advised us that they only went ahead and found a ligature mark around Brandon's neck. No they bruising. No bruising, nothing of that sort. And I had been very, very, very like straightforward with them, you know, like there's no bruising or anything because we had basically like, we had argued with them to, for us to see Brandon's body and they didn't want to let us, you know, see his body. So that basically that report versus our report, the difference is Lindsay, that our report is indicating that Brandon had not only the ligature mark, but a big bruise around his I'm gonna say his collarbone his collar his collarbone yeah on his collarbone and it was exactly five centimeters by 21 centimeters in length so we're still trying to because Brandon was embalmed we're trying our autopsy is basically trying to converse with Dover and ask questions that 
are up for question basically. So why didn't they say that Brandon had a bruise to begin with? And right? so what do you speculate? Cause I know you and I have talked about this and with your yeah. mother, what do you speculate happened by his, by his markings? The way that they found my brother, Lindsay, which I know you asked my mom that I, I've been keeping a very close ear on your guys's conversation. And I know there's a lot of emotion with my mom. That's her baby. And it's very hard for her to talk about these things, but I try to put myself, you know, in the shoes of like a detective. So the way they found my brother, Lindsay was on his knees with a belt around his neck. And it was actually a McMack belt. We're speculating that it's not his because of the length. I believe it was like 19, 19 uh, centimeters, which makes it like 21 inches long. Wait, what kind of belt is that for us? Can you clarify a that McMack for our belt? listeners? Um, yeah, actually. So I believe that they earn those belts sometime before they become corporals, right? I think so. It's a McMap belt. So they earn those before. So it's kind of like a... Yeah, like in karate, kind of. And I'll talk to you about that a little more once my brother, you know, gets on this podcast next in a few weeks, because we don't really know exactly like the way he got the belt. He never really told me about that, to be honest. All I know is that he earned it, that they all have one and they earned it. And so anyways, that's, that's the belt that they found him with. But according to my sibling, it's not his because him and Brandon's belt, they were taught to burn the belt at the tip. This specific belt was yes, already I know. apart. I know that technique. Yeah, they do. You have to, you take your lighter and you burn it at the, at the it. end so that it doesn't fry. It was ripping apart. This and... one was ripping apart at the tip already. Uh-huh. Like someone had cut it. Been wearing, no, or they had been wearing it for quite a while. Or they have been wearing it for a long time. So there was tape at the tip of that belt, according to the autopsy report, that once again, we're still, things are up for question at the moment. You know, like we're still trying to figure out the tape situation. But the way that they found my brother was on his knees with that belt. They found him with the hoodie as well. It, It was just very like odd because that hoodie is not his either that I can recall it's not his either was he wearing the hoodie or was the hoodie just like tied around his waist or no he was wearing it he was wearing it Hmm, and it just doesn't make sense because in Bahrain Brandon's bedroom like just in Bahrain in general it's really hot over there you know It doesn't make sense for someone to wear a hoodie when it's summer. And according to Brandon, from what he had told me, they, he didn't have AC in his room. He only had a fan. So why would my brother wear a hoodie to sleep? You know, Mm, I feel like you guys need to check out that detail a little bit more because like those rooms are required to have, I I know that they don't always (laughs) follow the housing rules, but those rooms are required in that temperature and yeah. so unless it was broken or not that's another detail you might want to take a look at a little bit closer oh yeah that believe me fishy. Lindsay. Believe <laughs> me. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know but that's like no kind yeah of a red believe flag. me I have a a lot of a lot of a lot of questions a lot of questions for a lot of people a lot of people at this point but going back initially to what you said So the autopsy report, the difference is that Dover's autopsy report came back as only ligature. 
versus hours, ligature, and a huge bruise. And then on top of that, our autopsy report noticed that Brandon's nails were basically, they were cleaned. And I noticed when I, I don't know if earlier my mom had mentioned, you know, that the mortuary wasn't letting us see my brother's body. I had to argue with them to let me see his body. So when I saw his body the following day, I examined it a hundred percent and I saw scrapings on his nails. Brandon kept his nails at a very short length to where he didn't have any room for dirt to get in his nails. This looked like he had a lot of room for dirt to be going in there. It was like to the middle of his, of his nail bed. And so that to me, that, that is up for question because I asked over, you know, like, did you guys clean his nails up? They you know, or, or who, who, who did this to Brandon? You know, I, I questioned the medical examiner and she said, well, when I received the body, the nails were well-maintained as it says on the autopsy report, nobody touched your brother's nails here. That's what they told me. So what does that mean? Does that mean they would have scraped his nails out because they would have had DNA underneath them and they didn't want you guys I to find that? I don't know if they did that prior. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank yeah. you. Yes. I exactly. don't know if they did that prior to, to, to bringing his, his body back. And that's what's up for question, Lindsay. I want to know where they kept my brother before they brought him to Dover because the way my brother's body was brought back after like my mom said, you know, it took us a long time. It took, it took the medical examiner, the, the pathologist, I'm sorry to, cur- to use the correct terms. It took him a lot to unwrap my brother's body. They said, because sometimes the body leaks. Okay. At that point he was embalmed and they did put his remains back into his body. So I can understand that, but well, to put, to hold us. on, to go ahead and put, okay, nearly three blankets and they were thin blankets on Brandon on top of medical tape. That's a little extreme for me. And not only did they put the medical tape, but that medical tape went ahead and left indents on Brandon's legs. So we don't know. And they were pretty deep. We don't know if they had, if that was like, we're still waiting for Dover to release the pictures, the autopsy pictures everything. I have something here that I'm going to show our autopsy person, but we believe that it doesn't have the full pictures report. So we still need to look through those either way, but I don't know if those are markings because of the tape, right? Or is it how they brought my brother? So there's still a lot of things up for question. A lot of things up for question. What is the excuse why Dover has not released the photos to you yet? They gave us a disc that we still, we still need to look through that. I still need to, and I'm going to go ahead and look through that. They did give us that, but actual pictures, like, I don't know. And I don't think it's going to contain all the pictures. The way I read it, it didn't seem like it was going to contain everything. So I still need to look through that myself, but I don't know if they released all the pictures yet. Okay. I need you to go. I know this is not fun, Vivian, but I need you to go there with me for a second. Yeah. So, okay. So are we thinking hazing? Are we thinking he had a fight with that soldier that he was out at the party with? Do we think like, where, where's in, where are you and your mother kind of going with my mindset? 
my mindset is a setup. I don't know if it was hazing. Hazing to me sounds a little, it's very hard, Lindsay, because they're telling us one thing, you know, that, that my brother went into his room by himself the night of his death. Okay. But the thing is that nobody is letting us see the videotapes. And we want so I don't they, know. They I want. can't hold on. I can't. They I don't want. know if if what they're telling us is true or not. I can't say. I can't say if it's true. hazing. I believe it was a setup because of all the facts that we have lined up. It's just weird yes. to me that a sergeant from Miramar was in contact with Brandon since January, which he received his orders in January to go over there to Bahrain. Like that just seemed very odd to me considering I've spoken to a few different Marines. They usually tell me that's not the protocol, but uh, according to Brandon, he reached out to them in January and that's how he was in contact with that Sergeant. And I asked him, I'm like, are you accompanying him? Like some sort of like an internship? And he had told me, no, you know, he's just going over there as well. So that to me, I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's kind of odd, but I guess, yeah, it could happen. It's just weird to me how everything, like every little detail sounds like a setup with a Wi-Fi puck. That specific person wanted to give him a Wi-Fi puck as well. Disconnect your services. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you go out to the city and you want to call a cab, you don't have your car or something's wrong, you're going to run to the nearest Starbucks? What if you're not near the nearest Starbucks and you don't have Wi-Fi connection? What are you going to do then? Why would they want to enforce Brandon using a Wi-Fi puck if it's not in his best interest? You bring up some really good points there. Really good points. So, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think without the emotion and more like the detective part of it at this point. Right. And the point with, you know, the point with the phone that you're, that you already made, I'm just going to make it again for you is that. Mm -hmm is that that would leave him vulnerable so that he wouldn't, right. if something did happen to him, he would not be, he wouldn't even be able to call 911. And it's probably right. not 911. Exactly. It's probably, Thank you so it's much. probably exactly. a different code, but he mm-hmm. couldn't even call that three digit number, whatever it is mm-hmm. over there without a phone. So he would have just been completely vulnerable. And mind you, yeah, he's overseas. And to me, just I'm, there's a whole lot of messed up things going on overseas right now. You already know I've seen your page, you know, you've advocated for the families of the 13 soldiers that lost their lives. You know, you mentioned a few things and I sympathize so much with them because they had to go through the same thing that we went. The knock on the door is like the scariest thing anybody can go through. Yeah. just like Anytime just, someone comes knocking on our door, we just like stop, you know, <laughs> our heart stops. I would imagine, I mean, I can only imagine that, yes. And to go back to those 13 soldiers, my heart is just absolutely broken over those soldiers. Yes, definitely. No, yeah. Like, it's just, I mean, no matter how, mm -hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Brandon had the opportunity too, because he was in the anti-fleet. I think it was the anti-fleet terrorism. He was in the Fast Company Central Command. So yeah, he was in the anti-fleet terrorism company I guess that's how you pronounce it and so I'm wondering if my brother had the ability 
to help people, to save lives, which was his destiny in this world, would he have been one of those 13 soldiers? That's up for question as well, you know, because he would have done it with all of his heart. And sadly, they didn't let my brother serve his country the way he had intended when he first, you know, became a Marine. You know, Are you had, saying that he would have deployed out of Baran to Afghanistan? Oh, he, Is that what you're and saying? And I don't know if that was the case. I don't know I don't, if that was the case. It, it was a possibility, that, but they didn't even give him that opportunity. You know, I don't know if they deploy those guys out of there, but I haven't been in the military mm-hmm. in like five years. So I don't know if that's a deployment post where you deploy deploy from like Germany is, or if that is a, what do they call the South Korea one? It's like a one or a two year stint. I forget what it's called, but, but that's quite sure. Yeah. But, oh, a, I think it's called a hardship deployment where you're like not deployed to Afghanistan or Iraq, but mm-hmm. you're deployed to a foreign country. So But anyways, sorry, I digress. No, it's okay. You know, you're educated, you served, and I thank you for your service. You know, you're, you're very well knowledgeable of what you're talking about. And so this is why we're on this, you know, podcast with you right now, because you can kind of, in a way, be our gateway, you know, of how people think or how they are, you know, in a way, like we could tell you our story. And I don't know if you've, gone through anything yourself while while serving but this is just a nightmare what's going on and we're just trying to find help any type of help that we can get you know so well well, I want to thank you for for um, following my page and thank you for the, the kind words that you said I want to ask you a couple other questions though because I just want to make sure that there's a few things I just want to make sure we talk about in this podcast Can you guys talk about you or your mother talk about your religious beliefs and how you feel that these would have made sure that this would have Brandon would have never committed suicide because of his strong faith. Can you touch on that? I think that's a really important, really important piece to the story. Yeah. So my mom, you know, she's Catholic. I myself, I, I believe in God. I go to church, but I don't. I don't go like to church religiously. My views are a little different than Brandon's and my mom's. I am trying to get closer to God now that, you know, all of this happened, but my mom and Brandon were more religious than I was. Can I tell her something? Yeah, definitely. So Lindsay, my kids and I always went to church when they were little. We went to church every Sunday. They teach us there that taking your own life is a huge sin. Okay. They they educate us there in regards to like if you're depressed or whatever you know if if you're going through drugs or you know they like they educate people there this way what God likes and does not like so my my kids grew up and I would always tell my kids you know what this is how it is you know. God does not like this. God likes this. And I'm telling you, my son was full of life. And he know for a fact. He even helped people that were very depressed here in San Diego. He would pull them to the side and talk to them. And cheer them up. And tell them that they could do it. You can do it. There was a few times that my, my son came to me and told mom, there's, there's this kid, you know, 
that I had to go and talk to him because he seemed pretty depressed. He didn't seem like he wanted to be there. He would talk to kids because he grew up, you know, in an environment that we know that, you know, if you're doing good, if you, if you spiritually know that you can help others, you know, if you were educated, you know, through church or through your parents, you know, please help others. That's something that my son did while he was in San Diego. He came up to me and he told me. So my son knew better. He grew up with this, you know, how do you say it? Mindset. It was a sin to take your life. And beside of that, my son loved life. My son had goals. My son had huge dreams. My son was a father figure to my oldest daughter's baby son. Since, since almost day one that he was born. My, my daughter has two kids and he was like a father figure for, for those little boys. My son dreamed of his own family having kids. And these individuals out of nowhere, they come and they take my son's life. It's not okay. It's not okay. So all these little pieces of the puzzle that my son left here for us to put together along with the other pieces that he, that he gave us while he was there. Can we complete the puzzle? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to get to the bottom of this. This is why I say that my son will have justice. I don't care who likes it or not. I do not care who likes it or not. My son will have justice. He deserves justice. My son was a victim of this negative, horrendous individuals. God knows if those individuals have in the past done the same thing to others that surrounded them in the, in the past. Do, do, do I make any sense? You make absolutely 100% um, sense. And I'm just, you know, sitting here just listening about everything that you're saying. And I, I'm, yes. Yeah. What I'm saying is that they're, they try to be pretty professional to do this bullshit that they did to my son. And they probably in the past, they got away with it. They got away with it. They're used to this shit. But guess what? They slapped the wrong person, the wrong mother. And this is me. Yes, it was a huge slap on my face that these motherfuckers, excuse me my language. This is a huge slap on my face from them. But guess what? They got the wrong mother. They slapped the wrong mother. And I'm going to say it again. They got the wrong mother. And when it comes to my kids, I do turn into a bitch. Ms. Cruz, I just want our listeners to hear this right now. We're putting you on warning. Ms. Cruz is putting you on warning that if you are involved in this case, that she's coming for you. Just, just so you hear us. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I heard Biden 
I heard Biden saying, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure you're informed of this, other uh, Marines that their lives were taken. Of course, I guess it's come back or something just a week, weeks ago, Vivian. Mm-hmm. Weeks ago, there's this Marines. Mm-hmm. And I heard he said on the news, we will look for you. We will find you and you will pay for it. That's what he said. My son matters too, Mr. Biden. Brenda Javier Alvarez, my son, my little boy that I raised, my little boy, my gentleman that went to go serve for this country also matters. Say that. Add my son to this also. Your sergeants took my son's life. Let's take care of those individuals too. Let's look for them. Let's find them. And let's let them pay for it. Let's make them pay for what they've done to my son, Brenda Javier Alvarez. My son matters too. Yes, he does. Mr. Biden, President Biden, I hope you heard that. And we will tag you in this so that you do hear that. That is, that is such a powerful message. Just absolutely powerful. He needs to do it for, for all soldiers. And I'm going to go out there. And I'm going to honor my son. I'm going to honor my son by going to each high school and avoiding other little victims, other young men to join the military. Why? Because I don't want other kids to go through the same thing that my son went through. I'm going to do it. I'm going to honor my son, Brendan Javier Alvarez, for other little victims to join either the Marines, the Army, the Air Force, or whatever you want to call it. Because they do not take care of them like they say, like they promise. They promise them all this, all that. For life this, for life that. You will have a beautiful retirement. They brainwash them. And look at what happens. They take a beautiful picture at the end of their boot camp for what? They know why. And I came to the conclusion they know why they take these beautiful pictures. So that when someone takes their life in there, uh, the picture is there to show it to everybody. To the whole world, like I did. Like other, other parents, they have their kids in there and they, why do they come and tell us, oh, your son committed suicide. Bullshit. That's enough. That's enough. End of the story. I'm going to stop that. That story has got to stop. That's all they know what to say. That your son committed suicide or others, they had a heart attack. What else? That's enough. That's enough. This is Maria Cruz talking. That's enough. I'm going to honor my son by stopping other victims going to the military. End of the story. And I want justice for my son. Whether they like it or not. My son deserves justice. My son needs justice. My son was there with all his heart. He was passionate about his job. I will be making plans with my son. For our delicious tamales that are coming up for the holidays. Now I'm going to have to eat my own tears. I do not want to celebrate anything. You're going to make me cry. I do not want to celebrate anything. 
My son matters too. I am very upset. This no, is a roller coaster. It's like it's work every morning. It's like, what do you have to celebrate, right? Because if your son's not there, then what do you, I mean, I know you have five other kids, but what, what is there to celebrate when your son's not there to do it with you? Exactly. My, my kids already know, and they already know I am not celebrating anything because it's like someone took my heart out and stabbed it to death. God is the only one that knows how I'm keeping strong and I have to keep strong because I'm not going to sit and cry. I did cry a lot and I do cry sometimes. I tear in pieces because this is my little one. But it's not okay. And I'm not going to allow this to happen ever again to other kids, to other victims. My son needs justice. He needs justice. My son was choked to death. My son was being spied right after he got off the phone with my son. He was tortured. He's the only one that took to his tomb what the fuck he felt when he was barely going to want to go and snuggle in his bed. And they didn't let him. What do we want to do when we go all tired in bed? Maybe because you had a good day or you were tired working. It doesn't matter. You want to snuggle in bed for the next day. Well, my son was spied, was surprised. They came, they tortured him in his room. They choked him to death. And then they go and they hug. They have the audacity to hide him in his closet so that they can come and tell me the fucking story that he committed suicide. Well, this does not add at all. And I'm not going to keep repeating myself over and over again. My son was full of life. Yes, he was. I'm going to let Andrea speak. This is like a daughter to me. This young lady is like a daughter to me. She's family. And she is hurting too. She's hurting. She was Andrea, like welcome a, to the club. Sorry, she Andrea. She gave my son a lot of happiness. She's broken in pieces. They Andrea, welcome to the conversation. Are you there? Hi, yeah, I'm here. Thank you. I'm sorry, Mrs. Cruz, go ahead, finish your thought. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, she's okay. Yeah, she was done uh, speaking. Do you have any questions for me? Well, can you talk a little bit on your relationship with Brandon and then obviously on your your heartbreak? Uh, yeah, so, sorry, it's very emotional. So Brandon is my boyfriend of almost six years. This November is, was going to be six years, actually. Um, he was always so full of life from from my background sadly like I don't have the happiest uh, story to tell but Brandon brought that happiness to my life he always did he every time I was sad he would find a way to make negativity into positivity and it was just crazy how a human could bring so much joy to one's life and not just to my life to his siblings to his co-workers to friends family he was always so positive you know like it's it's crazy like how someone could have so much of an impact on other people but that's just who Brandon was he was such a happy kid he still is he always will be sorry so for for these past six years he was always someone I could count on 
always there for me and for everybody else. And while he wasn't, when I first heard about Bahrain, I wasn't one of the first people he told because he knew I was going to get very sad about it. He told his brother first, I believe. But once he did tell me the news, I, I immediately just started crying because I, I myself, like Maria, I never trusted in the military. I've heard too many bad things about it. And my dad himself had a talk with Brandon. He's like, you know, because uh, Brandon was very close with my dad. And my dad told him to like, I wouldn't want my kids doing that. But if it's what you choose to do, then I support you. And so I heard the news and I got very sad, you know, like my boyfriend's going to be away for two years. I was already planning. We, we were planning on spending pretty much all of August together and see how long I could stay over there in Bahrain and be with him to go visit him. And we had all these plans on, on his base. They have a skate park, which is really dope because me and him both skateboard. And we had all these plans since over there, everything was going to start to open back up since everything was closed due to COVID. And he was sending me all these flyers. I was currently in South Africa in an internship working on getting my scuba license. And he saw that he had that same opportunity over there. And he showed me the flyer and he was really excited. He's like, babe, I'm going to become a scuba diver with you. And, you know, it was just crazy because before his passing, we were talking about all these future plans and everything. And even getting married once he came back and the family we were going to start. He was always so excited to have a kid with me. That's literally all he would talk about. And it's just crazy how he just wanted to go to bed. Then people took advantage of him and took him out of our lives forever. Like, that's just so unfair. And I know he didn't do this himself. We were, the night of his passing, I went to bed first because I had my scuba class the next day. And I woke up in the middle of the night to use the restroom. And I had opened his Snapchats that he sent me. And the last video was of him dancing so that just doesn't add up like he was so happy he sent me so many selfies like the selfies he posted on Instagram and so I do not believe he did this to himself none of us do you know he was dancing and happy and talking to his brother and we were talking about our future plans you don't go and plan your future with someone and then go and do something like this you know Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so sorry for your heartbreak, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. I I can imagine it just must break your heart daily to think about the family that you guys were going to have together. Yeah, just how everything just gets taken away just like that. It's crazy. It's just not fair, is it? Yeah, no. And can you just talk a little bit, um, how did you guys meet each other originally? So this was back in 2015 it's actually a really funny story and cute I was at my best friend's quinceanera and I was so the 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 salon there it's the dance floor and then you can go outside to sit at some benches at this like cute little park and I was there with two of my friends just because we wanted a break from the party our feet were tired from wearing heels and everything And there's a guy swinging on the swings, singing the ABCs, like just singing their heart out to the ABCs. 
and we all looked at each other like like yo who is this guy you know like why is he singing the abc so loud and proud and then there was two benches in front of us and he jumped on top of both and then just kept getting closer to us and then he hopped off the last bench and came to us and he's like hi my name is brandon and with the biggest smile on his face i immediately fell in love with his smile and then he sat with us and we were just talking the whole time and then eventually me and him ended up sitting next to each other and he he always brings this up he's like you sat down next to me and i was like yeah i know like i thought you were really cool you know and like handsome and then um so the party ended and we went home and i woke up to a message from him and I texted my other friends. I was like, hey, did Brandon message you guys too? They're like, no, that's crazy. Like he messaged you. And I thought that was crazy because I was like, yo, this guy's way out of my league. Like, what did he see in me, you know? But ever since that day, he's made me the happiest girl ever. So what are you doing now? Are you, what are you doing? Are you going to school or? So as I mentioned earlier, I was away on an internship in South Africa for ocean conservation and studying great white sharks. Great white sharks are my passion. Unfortunately, I did have to come back from that internship, but I do plan on going back. Right now, I'm just focusing on, like I took mechanic classes previously before I left. So right now I'm just still focusing on working on cars and stuff. And I do eventually want to go back to South Africa and finish my dream because I know that's what Brandon would have wanted me to do. Even though it's really hard to get back up on my feet, but everything I do from now on is going to be for him. Yeah, I agree with you. You really need to push yourself. I mean, you don't have to do it right this second. I know it's still super raw, but you you definitely have to do that because that's what he would want you to do. Yeah, and definitely become a scuba diver because I know he wanted to do that too. And my plan, my ultimate goal is to become a scuba diver instructor and teach others how to scuba dive and just take them on trips and live life to the fullest because I know it's what he wants. You should definitely do that. I just tried to get scuba certified. No, I just tried to get scuba certified and I had panic attacks under the water. So I didn't (laughs) do it. So I give you props for that because especially if you get like master dive certified, that's, that's really amazing. Yeah, it is. I I honestly can't wait to get that done. But right now, my main focus is this case and just waiting to hear more answers. And we don't know how long that's going to take, but, you know, we have to wait. Unfortunately, I hear that. Is there anything else before I let you go? Was there anything else that you wanted to add on this? Yeah, I know Maria has been mentioning a lot, but it's just he was he was always such a happy guy you you never saw him sad it's crazy he always found the good out of a bad situation he always saw room for improvement he always pushed himself as much as he could and he wanted others to see that in themselves as well and I find that so like it's just like I wish I could be like him I honestly do And he's been giving me a lot of strength lately. I just think it's crazy. I'm just so grateful to have met him and to be a part of their family lives forever. And to have had experienced love like that, especially at such a young age, you know, like you always hear it all the time. Like, oh, no, they're they're just little kids. They don't know what love is. But since the age of 15, 
I'm so grateful to have experienced a love like ours. That was beautiful and well put. Thank you. Of course. Okay. Is, um, is, um, is Mrs. Cruz there? No, she had to go pick up her daughter from school. Okay. Is Vivian there? Vivian, yes. Let me grab her for you really quick. Well, I just want to just see if she has any final thoughts she wants to make. If not, then that's fine. No, okay. Yeah, she, she's coming right now. Thank you so much for your time again. Hey, no, thank you so much. And you and I will be in, in contact offline, but thank you for sharing your thoughts. I, I realize that that was not easy, but I'm sure as you understand that it's important that we get the story out there. So thank you yeah, really for being vulnerable today. So Vivian is actually on a call right now, but here is Brandon's other sister, Emily Alvarez. FaceTime? Not just a call. Oh, okay. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Well, you know, hanging in there. I was trying to get to see if your mother just had any final thoughts. I kind of, I kind of would like to share some things myself. Oh, um, please, I'm, please go I'm right ahead. Sister, I'm the second to youngest. And it's really hard not to get anxiety, like, while talking about Brandon. I, you know, I, I share the same birthday as Brandon. I was born on his birthday. And, I mean, we're, we're four, four years apart. And it's just so mind-blowing to me because, you know, we, we know our brother more than anything. And I will never, ever doubt that my brother wanted to live the rest of his life, you know, and wanted to be more than what he could have, you know, become. I I saw my brother grow up. I would take lots of videos of my brothers. My brother was such a goofball. He would always be dancing or singing. You know, he would come into the door like, with you know he wouldn't just not say anything you know come into the door with just such a such a big like energy into the room and it's you know he would not just say nothing he would just come in and he'd always be doing something like hello family family I'm here you know he was always very family oriented you know and so Therefore, like, I will never believe that my brother committed suicide, that that's not even an option. Because we know our brother more than anything, like, my brother, like, thought of suicide as a sin. And I know that for a fact, I knew he knew it was selfish. I know that for a fact, because, you know, at one point in my life, like, I felt very depressed that, you know, I felt like I needed to, to hurt myself. And I'm not ashamed to say it because my brother, my brother Brandon, he was just that that sort of guy, you know. He he knew when something was wrong, you know, and it, it was very selfless of him to, you know, hold out his arm, like you know, open up his arms for for anyone who felt that way. And he would tell me, like, he told me, like, how could you be? How could you feel so selfless? Selfish. How could you be so selfish? I know we weren't raised like other kids. I know we don't have everything, but we have everything we need. We should, you know, my mom works very hard. She's a single mother. You know, and 
he was always just so appreciative of life and time. I just, it's just so hard, you know, it's so hard when everyone's telling you one thing and you know in your heart that it's another. That's why we have to fight this and that's why we're not ever going to give up on Brandon because my brother, like, my brother wanted to live the rest of his life. My brother, like, he, he wanted kids. He wanted to marry his girlfriend once he got back. There's just so much evidence that that just shows that Brandon wanted to live the rest of his life. Brandon was a happy person, appreciative of life, very proud. And he would never do anything like, like this. He would never, it would never cross his mind to do a, a thing like this. When, uh, like when he first met Andrea back in 2015, I remember when he first got home, when he got home after that quinceanera, me, me and my mom, we had dropped him off. And when he got home, you know, he, he was very excited to talk to my mom. He was telling my mom, like, he's like, mom, mom, so excited. She's like, what? He goes, I just met my wife. And we're good. <laughs> we're just in shock because, you know, we never, never hear Brandon talk about a girl. Especially in that manner, especially talking about it and talking about marriage. And so we're just like, what? Who are you? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just met the woman I'm going to marry. I just met the woman that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. She is going to be the mother of my kids. And, you know, he brought her into our life. <laughs> and it just, it changed everything. And for the better, like we knew, like we knew his destiny. We knew his, we knew what he wanted. We knew, we saw their future as it grew. You know, the five years that they were together, like she's just, you know, she's just so, so strong to be here, like speaking with you guys and all that. I, I don't know how she's doing it, but I know for a fact and I stand by this, that my brother would not leave her. She wouldn't leave her. He wouldn't leave us. He wouldn't leave the world he wanted to create with her. With You know, he wanted to leave his mark in the world. Yeah, so I will never a... accept. I will never accept suicide as an answer. Yeah, I'm he with showed, you on this one. He, he had a beautiful. Us, you know, he, he brought love into our home. He he showed us pure love, and we saw it grow from there. And we knew what he wanted. We I'm gonna agree with you on. I'm gonna agree with you on that. He. It sounds like he had a beautiful life, and I've you know I did my research on you guys before I did this podcast, and I've watched the videos, and you know he he obviously had a life worth living, and. But to go back to your mother as well, your mother's message is so powerful. She's just, you know, the emotion, it's so raw, but it's so powerful. And she's right about everything she says. Yeah. She's right on point. Right. It's, it's very hard not to, you know, it's very hard not to stay up on two feet. You know, our life has changed forever. 
but we can't just sit and do nothing. We, everyone needs to know, the whole wide world needs to know who Brandon Alvarez was and who he is as a person. And he was just so selfless, so appreciative, very proud, very proud Marine, dedicated, and so full of life. And, you know, that's that's all I wanted to say. And that's, that's my big brother. That's our beloved one. That's, that's someone who's, who deserves, you know, someone who deserves to be fighting like we we he deserves to be fought for absolutely 100 percent. okay my sister's here now if you want to speak with her okay thank you hello hi vivian hi i just wanted to make sure before we end if you had any final thoughts any closing thoughts my main thing is that you know, like my mom put some messages out there, you know, before she left, she had to go do something is, you know, we need, I need to put this message out there that, you know, we need President Biden on this case. Number one, we need to, we need the the correct attention on this case. You know, we're receiving help, but it doesn't seem like it's enough. And I, I need like a congressional investigation to be put on this case because like we're not getting the answers that we want you know we're not getting any answers at all like it's still up for investigation that's all we hear (laughs) and it's starting to get very annoying you know you're Um, you're in luck that's my specialty so (laughs) yeah yeah no I know like I said you know you're like an angel literally that came to the palm of my hand you know, let's not give me too much credit because I am. <laughs> I, I am really far do from appreciate angel. you, and that's that's exactly how I refer you to anyone I speak with because you know, it's like my prayers are are, are being answered slowly. You know, all of our prayers, we just have to be, we have to speak with the right people. You know what I mean? And I know Lindsay that you could get our story out there, and I know that you know, you're, you're, you're connected with people. So I hope, you know, that President Joe Biden ends up hearing about this because we still have a lot to talk about in regards to Brandon's case. Like we need to solve it. Number one, I know my brother was set up number two, and we need to make sure that whoever did this to my brother never sees daylight again. Like they need to go to prison because we know for a fact that Brandon did not do, did not do this to himself. I mean, there are a lot of requests, you know, like before my mom left, she, she wanted me to make sure, you know, to tell you guys that, you know, all of our listeners, whether it's Dover, you know, the people who did this to my brother, you know, mainly to Dover because they have my, an NCIS. I don't know who has my brother's main clothes that he was found in, but we need that back. If they're not going to take things serious, the the investigation seriously, or if they're not going to give us updates, we need that so we can conduct our own investigation so we can get things going. I feel like right now things are stagnant and I don't like when things are stagnant. 
you know I, I don't like feeling that way especially when it involves my family we need to get a move on we need to give you know my brother justice we need to find out what happened mainly you know like who did this to him because he was fine before he went to sleep i don't even oh. know if these individuals gave my brother time to sleep i don't know if they got him while he was asleep i don't know if they held him at gunpoint i don't know what they did to him i i want to find out what happened this is very serious we are going to keep fine before he went to sleep that's all i have to say and i need to find out we need to find out what happened so if my brother's killers are hearing this right now you need to come forward quit being a coward come forward and fess up to what you did because we all know the type of person that Brandon was. You you may not have known Brandon or where he came from or how many people cared about him, but it was a lot of people. It's a lot of people that care about him and we all want justice for him. And we all know that he would never, ever, ever think twice about taking his own life. It just, it, it wasn't in his thoughts. Brandon cherished his body. He worshiped his mind and his body and his soul. That's just the human being that he was. And that's the, the human being that he, he left this earth that way as well. Because that same morning, June 5th, he had told my sibling, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to work out. Exactly. I'm tired. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm tired. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to work out. You don't say those kind of things when you're thinking about doing something like that. You know, you don't have plans to wake up, okay? You just don't care or you say, oh, you know what, bro? You know, I'm tired. I'm just going to go to sleep. No, Brandon had plans that same day of June 5th, 2021. And they took my brother's life that day. They left my brother in his room until June 6th. That's when they found him because he didn't report to work. Yes, they knew, they knew that they had him there hanging in his closet and they were afraid to go look for him it's true oh that is so messed up no you're probably exactly right they knew so they were like we're not gonna they look knew for and him. they were afraid yeah mm-hmm. i hear that they were afraid to go in there to walk in there and see what they have done what goes around comes around and they're one step away from hell they're stepping right on, on, on right on the edge of hell the day that they killed my son and my son died the same day they also died because they're in hell now if they thought or they think that we're not going to get to the bottom of this we are like my name is maria cruz my hand is up right now i will give justice to my son and you are listening to me right now? You know who you are. I knew it. I knew it. And you saw me on my video. When my son's body arrived. Here. I watched all your videos. Yes. And I was referring to these people that I talked about. I was referring to these people that we've been talking about. If we can call them people. Because they are not to call people. This doesn't have a name. 
Now I am asking, I don't know if my daughter told you, but I am asking and I am demanding and I am requesting my son's clothes on the clothes that he was found with the way he was murdered and everything. I want those clothes. I've been asking and I've been demanding and they're ignoring it. I need it. How come they don't want to give it to me? They didn't let me go inside the Bahrain's base like with my investigator? Why? Why? Oh, well, wait, we missed that part. At, yeah. What my mom's trying to get at is if they're not going to take this investigation seriously, if they're not going to take it off from a suicide and mark it as a homicide, like, why not give us his stuff already? You know what I mean? If they're not going to give us any updates or anything like that, like everything is still like, oh, pending for investigation. Like, what the heck? You know, this is going on. They're not investigating. You know, like to the fourth month. Well, that's what they do when they're trying to figure out how they're going to cover it up. They try to buy themselves time so that they have their cover story together so that when you start poking holes in it. No, you shouldn't. I'm not going to stop with these boys that God have given me. I already said this is a big, huge chunk of my life. My son. This is like if they had killed me alive. I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow that. They're it. They're it. Okay, ladies, I think we're going to wrap it up here. I did want to say, to go back to something that Vivian had said, though, I do, to go back to some of your points, I think there is also an appetite. There always should be an appetite. But I think there is an appetite right now in the political arena. You have the Brandon Act that's hopefully going to pass in a couple months. That's going to deal with a lot of legislation that has to do with, that has to do with the case that would definitely put more visibility on your case. And you're right. You also have Biden who's being called out and he's going to actually have to do something instead of just instead of putting out empty promises. He's going to actually have to step up. You have uh, Secretary Secdef Austin, whose like priorities are suicide. Yet yet there's yet you have like three suicides at Fort Drum last week. You have the whole Fort Hood incident with the IG report that just came out on that. And we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. offline. So I just think the political arena right now is on fire. And so it's a great time to put this case out and get the answers that I think we're all looking for together collectively, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. It yes, does it does. Thank you so much. This, the people out there needs to listen to the truth, to the truth, because we, what we are telling you is the truth. I absolutely believe everything that you're saying. I'm 100% there with you. Okay, ladies, if you could stay on a second, I'm going to cut off the recording, but thank you so much for uh, this interview. And thank you for putting your, thank you for making your family vulnerable in order to tell this story. I know that this could not have been an easy day for you. So I just want to say that I, I, I empathize and I hear that this was hard for you. And I just want you to know that I, appreciate that you guys are telling the story and it's not easy. So I just wanted to send out my empathy uh, to your family on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, ladies, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, Lindsay. Bye. Thank you.